0: Sunshine, sunshine,
1: sunshine, sunshine! Hey. Shining sunshine. a light on hey. Illinois state government. Good morning, good morning, good yeah. morning. This is full disclosure with the Better Government Association, and this is of course your host Trent R. Nelson. We're always so happy to be with you. Last week we could not be with you. We had uh, scheduling issues for each. David Greising, as well as your host. But we are returned. And sir, good morning. Such a pleasure to have you back for another wonderful conversation. Glad to be here,
0: Trent. Thanks very much.
1: Well, we're super happy to have you here, sir, because not only have we been dealing with city budget type stuff around this time of year, but the whole state is dealing with it, of course, and we heard Governor Pritzker's budget address recently, and, and of course, we have also heard all of the politicians both thrilled and shrill concerning the budget and what it will encompass. Uh, let's go over that, sir. Of course, we have a few notable points to touch upon as well. Uh, we'll start first with the proposed reduction in state income tax exemptions.
0: Uh, What can you tell us about that? Right. The income tax exemption is the amount that people can earn without being taxed on it. And there had been a plan for that to go up this year to $2,775 per filer. And now it's going to go up, according to Governor Pritzker's plan, by only $2,550. That should raise, by the Department of Budget's estimate, about $93 million in new revenue. But critics are saying that this is a tax that hit low wage earners harder than high wage earners, and therefore is seen by them, at least, as being somewhat regressive. It amounts to Governor Pritzker just not conveying a benefit to taxpayers as quickly as he originally had planned, given that he's dealing with a tighter budget outlook than he was last year at this
1: time. Absolutely, water runs downhill. That is the cleaner version of the expression, I suspect. And uh, yeah. of course, it's unfortunate any time a more aggressive tax outlook. Uh, has to be undertaken. But in this circumstance, as you said, sir, it's really just less of a benefit. But of course, we can look at each circumstance from the different perspectives. And to that point, which, speaking about regressive, the grocery tax, which many across the state did not have to experience across the COVID-19 pandemic, what can you tell us about its full elimination going forward?
0: Well, right, it's interesting because the governor's office did not put an estimate by how mu- of how much Revenue will be foregone by eliminating the grocery tax. We do know that in 2022, after the tax had been eliminated at the height of the uh, COVID pandemic, that uh, the governor's office had claimed that that tax saved consumers about $400 million. Um, The Illinois Municipal League, which is a group that represents cities across the state, is strongly opposed to elimination of the grocery tax mainly because municipalities actually are the key beneficiaries of this tax and the municipal league estimates that members i.e towns across the state of illinois towns and villages will see revenues decreased by about 325 million dollars as a result of this tax being eliminated and the head of that organization is saying, well, that money needs to be raised somehow. So instead of people paying with their grocery bills, cities are going to have to find some other way to collect that additional revenue. And this is a debate that is just being joined. The Municipal League is quite an effective lobby with a lot of supporters across the state. So it'll be quite interesting to see if the elimination of the grocery tax holds up as the budget goes into the legislative process.
1: Really interesting stuff. Of course, a reduction in state income tax exemptions and and the elimination of grocery tax. These are, to varying degrees, almost offsets, although perhaps not equally or totally offsets, but they are certainly differing uh, policy choices as you noted, sir, and as the Illinois uh, Municipal League noted, uh, the money has to be raised from somewhere. And uh, a tax increase for corporations and sports books was also on the agenda. What can you tell us about that?
0: Right. Well, the tax on sports books would more than double to about 35 percent. And that is estimated to raise around $200 million. This is a relatively new industry that is growing by leaps and bounds. And, of course, it is what would, I think, typically be described as a sin tax. You know, this this type of behavior is uh, gambling is, um, I guess, in the minds of some people, one of those sort of sins that uh, heavy taxation is seen as appropriate for. Um, I'm not taking a stand on that issue, but it certainly is a discussion. And then closing the loophole about operating losses, For companies, there's a cap on operating losses, and extending the cap on operating losses is something that had not been expected, and Governor Pritzker, in putting together his his budget, decided to cap what companies can claim in terms of operating losses, and he is budgeting about $526 million as a result of doing so.
1: Fascinating stuff. We will take a minor stand on this. You know, there are states like Pennsylvania, whose rates for gambling income from the casinos is huge, absolutely massive. And I lived for uh, many years in Las Vegas, where it is relatively minuscule in comparison and... You really do see in the functionality of the state how it uh, appraises to tax gambling institutions. Really interesting stuff. I have lots more to say on that, but this isn't my show to yammer on about. We have just a couple more topics as it concerns the budget, and then we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to speak a bit about Governor Pritzker and General Iron, as well as uh, the asylum seeker situation across Chicago and, of course, the broader state of Illinois, while... Taxes on various services and circumstances are being negotiated between all relevant parties. Early childhood education and higher education spending is looking to be increased. What can you tell us about all of that, sir?
0: Right. The real focus here is on the early childhood education where Governor Pritzker, this has been a priority of his during his entire term in office. And he continues to try to find ways to boost spending on the significant need in the state to help people, young, very young people, get a good start in life. And he has set aside $150 million in increased funding for early childhood education. The biggest chunk of that is comes $75 million or so from the board, school board's early childhood education block grant. So this is expected to create about 5,000 additional spots preschool spots for students. And then on top of that, there is a variety of spending on higher education as well. And also worth noting is that the uh, evidence-based funding formula, which was passed some years ago in an effort to make education spending more equitable statewide, in some years the governor has not funded that program, and in other years he has. Uh, Last year he did, and despite this being a pretty tight budget, he will again commit uh, to $350 million in spending for the evidence-based funding formula, which distributes money across the state to disadvantaged school districts. And if this gets through, uh, it would be a significant amount of money for uh, that purpose, that equity-focused uh, purpose. Well, we certainly
1: hope that that is the case, sir. And, of course, our education is valuable, but it's most valuable when the most amount of people can have it, can undertake to learn, can endeavor to educate themselves and be educated on the topics that will really make a difference throughout the rest of their lives. And, again, we are fortunate that the state of Illinois Uh, sees things much that way as well, for the most part. And before we get to our commercial, but I keep hinting at this, tell us about the proposed pension fix that really might be more of a down-the-road type circumstance.
0: (laughs) Right. Um, It it is great to see Governor Prisker uh, pay attention to the worst-funded pension system in the country. That is Illinois' pension system uh, and uh, the five pension plans are uh, less than 50 percent funded in aggregate, and there are significant efforts already underway to try to catch up with that underfunding. Governor Pritzker proposes that instead of a target of 90 percent funding by the year 2045, to shoot for 100 percent funding by the year 2048, so adding three more years, And he would do that not through raising taxes, which there's one prominent proposal out there uh, to add a tax surcharge to try to take care of the pension problem. He suggests taking money that is made available when large bond issues retire and taking half of that money and putting it towards pensions. Beginning in 2030, this would begin and it would go forward from that point forward. There's a $10 billion pension obligation bond that, uh, expires in 2033. So the revenues from that would otherwise have gone toward interest payments would become available for this plan. And um, it's estimated that the annual additional increased payments to pensions would be above $500 million per year uh, when both of those big bond issues uh, have expired and those money that otherwise would have gone toward interest payments instead is going toward paying down pensions.
1: The pension crisis, as we might call it, although we're not in any real danger, but it has to be fixed. And of course, um, as you noted, sir, we're, we're thrilled that people are taking an interest in uh, such a problem. But uh, it's funny how sometimes our problems can, can seem to be uh, better procrastinated. So, we'll see how that all plays out uh, across the next, uh, you know, couple months, couple years, two decades. Anyway, sir, we will come right back if you'll hang out with us during the commercial break and we will speak about Governor Pritzker, General Iron, as well as asylum seekers. Are you down? Yes, sir. You are here first folks. Stay right where you are and we'll be right back. Shining a light on Illinois state government We're back, just as I said we would be. This is Full Disclosure with the Better Government Association. I am your host, Trent R. Nelson, and we are joined, as we always are at about this time, by our lovely friend, David Greising. He's the president and the CEO of the Better Government Association. And before our commercial break, we had the pleasure of speaking about the proposed Illinois state budget, which Governor Pritzker announced last week and we went through some of the more pressing and important points lots of tax talk which this host tends to love and we we got to talking about education and the broken pension Circumstances. Well, but, sir, there's more to discuss, and we're so happy to have you doing it with us. What can you tell us about uh, Governor Pritzker and General Iron?
0: Well, the, the fight over General Iron, a metal shredder that is moving out of Lincoln Park and wants to set up on the southeast side, has become a much bigger issue about environmental equity. And the state of Illinois, in a settlement with the United States Environmental Protection Agency, now has agreed to take into account an investor's past conduct and other factors when considering approval of permitting for a new plant, as is happened in the case of General Iron, the, the scrapper that, that we're talking about here and that gave rise to this big controversy. It's unclear now, as we speak today, whether the General Iron plant might still one day become operational We just don't know enough yet about this settlement and what kind of teeth it may have. But what it does represent is a commitment on the part of the Pittsburgh administration when considering whether to approve any sort of permitting like this to be more proactively taking into account an applicant's past conduct, which might or might not include information favorable to various business interests. And so it's a step forward on behalf of people who care about environment in the state and especially environmental groups that worked hard to try to stop General Iron and try to improve the state's environmental record. We still have to see how it plays out over the longer term.
1: Of course, positive innovations, but of course, uh, we have to make sure that it's not two steps forward, three steps back, as we so often see that happens Because we're not always aligned exactly with what we would like. And so, of course, environmentalists, those who are interested in positive progress and change, will be keeping our eyes and ears peeled concerning General Iron and other such endeavors moving forward. And, sir, before we let you go, we speak so very often during our chats concerning asylum seekers and those who are sent up from Texas and Florida states like that to Chicago. What can you tell us about that circumstance?
0: Well, we've got two things that are of interest. One is that the state has, in Governor Pritzker's budget, is setting aside a substantial amount of money, pretty much what had been expected to cover migrant-related costs, about $182 million for the fiscal year that starts July 1st. Governor Pritzker had to cut benefits of a program he introduced a couple of years ago that sought to give Medicaid-type benefits to older asylum seekers coming to Chicago. That would have cost the state about $110 million. He's decided not to do that any longer. But nevertheless, the state is planning to spend, per this budget, around $200 million. On top of that, something interesting came out through some reporting in the Tribune that the state has been uh, paying, uh, covering the cost of asylum seekers who show up in Illinois on buses from Texas and uh, decide not to stay here. And some uh, more than 3,000 people have received some kind of financial support to the tune of about $620,000 overall in travel tickets, taxi fares, etc., according to a report in the Chicago Tribune. And I think it's of interest to people in the state that while the Pritzker administration says that this will reduce the total cost because having these people here in in Illinois and needing to take care of them, providing shelter and and other services for them is quite costly, it is also interesting to see the state directly covering costs for people who land here and find a way to move somewhere else.
1: The dichotomy is constantly in our face, and, and not only in this particular area of discussion, but in so many others. One might even suggest that if certain costs take too much out of what might otherwise be money that we use to consume other services and goods for the sake of the economy, that perhaps all people should be afforded those types of uh, luxuries in terms of being paid for. But that is a discussion for another time, sir. And sir, we're always happy to have you hang out with us, have a nice little chat concerning all of these topics and so many others. Would you tell our listeners where they can get more of this wonderful insight and information when you're not here with us?
0: Sure. Our news is published on the IllinoisAnswers.org website. The Better Government Association is publisher of Illinois Answers Project. And the policy work that the BGA does is published under BetterGov.org.
1: So many ways to learn. This is but one of the many ways, of course. And President and CEO of the Better Government Association, David Greising, just gave you a handful of others. Sir, will you come back next week and do it all again with us? Yeah, I'll be here next week, Trent. We'll see you then. Well, we look forward to it. Two, sir. Shining a light on Illinois state government. This is Full Disclosure with the Better Government Association. And this is, of course, your host, Trent R. Nelson. Stay yearning for the learning and keep your eyes and ears peeled for all of that wonderful news, perhaps not so wonderful sometimes, going on across our state of Illinois. We'll catch you real soon.